Logistics is transforming our lives and the way we do business in today's ever-changing economy. If your company or community thrives on the quality of your logistics, then we'll give you a peek behind the curtains to the topics and people who are driving this exploding industry. You're listening to the Logistically Speaking GT Podcast, produced by Global Trade Magazine and sponsored by the World Economic Development Alliance. You can listen to all our GT podcasts at www.globaltrademag.com or join the thousands that have downloaded our app in the Apple iTunes Store. Now, here's our publisher and our host, Eric Kleinsorge. Eric Kleinsorge. Welcome, GT Podcast listeners. We're back for another exciting episode, and today I'm especially excited because we're kicking off our 2020 Going Global with America's Best City series. I'm your host, Eric Kleinsorge, and today we're heading west to California, specifically Irvine, California. We're going to take a deeper look into one of our cities that made our 2019 Global Cities Awards and have separated themselves with honors of offering the best export assistance in the country. We're especially pleased to have the person who leads the charge for the city, Linda DeMario. Linda is the Executive Vice President of Greater Irvine Chamber, and over the years I've come to know Linda, and she's a real go-getter that simply makes things happen. Now, I've been fortunate enough to have Linda on a previous episode of Logistically Speaking, and we're excited to have her back for this special series. Linda, welcome to the show. Eric, thank you very much for having me, and Happy New Year to you and your listeners. Thank you so much. I heard you got to go to Scotland, but that was a lot of fun. It was. It was. It's a long family heritage there, and I have friends that live in a little village in Dumfries, Galloway area, and they invited me over for the holidays, and it was just really picture book. It was wonderful. Thanks. <laughs> so, Linda, I always like to start by letting our listeners know a little background about our guest. So can you tell them a little bit about yourself and the great city of Irvine? Absolutely. I came to work for the Greater Irvine Chamber uh, six and a half years ago. And prior to that, I was doing economic development and tourism development consulting, which was very fulfilling and very exciting. But this gave me the opportunity to work with, you know, a truly a world-class city and do the same kind of work that I was doing before, but not having to uh, fly about the country to do it. My background in economic development is actually very practical in nature. I had always been involved in destination uh, marketing and positioning. But this economic development work for the cities in which I worked uh, was mandatory. you, You had to understand the economic development dynamics required for each of the cities in which I worked. And uh, that's how I came by my experience, and I'm happy to put it to work for Irvine. Yeah, so Linda, I had the pleasure of spending a little time with you in Indianapolis for IEDC in 2019, and you're out there collecting some awards, and it seems awards aren't just second nature to you. They, they come quite frequently. In fact, Irvine also won the prestigious President's E Award last year for export services. Can you share a little bit about these awards and what it means, not just to you, but the other businesses in Irvine? Yeah, I think that was a very proud time for us. And and you're quite right, Eric. I'm not going to be shy about it. We are not your grandfather's chamber. Thanks to the Hotel Improvement District, uh, we are fully funded 
for a full scope of economic development and tourism promotion work. And among the programs and initiatives that we fund and that we take very seriously is helping our companies export their products. Because as you know, a very small percentage of the market is in the U.S. alone. The global market is a much greater and wider opportunity. But not all companies feel capable or confident in going about the business of exporting. And so our export assistance program, thanks to our partnership with the U.S. Commercial Service Export Assistance Service Center with the SBA, with all of our independent international American chambers, we just formed a coalition and put together a program of resources and assistance that allows our companies to explore those opportunities without risk and then gives them the resources they need to launch their export plans. So I think it was, it was a very important award for us because uh, we were the only chamber that year recognized to offer this quality and depth of uh, service to our member and client companies. So we're very proud of that. Yeah, and so we, our entire team here at Global Trade Magazine, were very excited when we heard you're a recipient of one of our America's Best Cities for Global Trade Awards. And you received your award for the city with best export assistance. And you guys handle a little bit over $17 billion in exports. So I'd like to expand on that and let our listeners learn more about how and why Irvine has become such a powerhouse for globally-minded companies. Linda, what is it about Irvine that creates such a competitive and unmatched environment for export business? I will tell you, uh, that is a very easy question to answer, as I've learned over the years I've been here. Irvine was master planned. And I don't mean that in terms of archaic sort of demagogic way. No, I'm telling you this was a thoughtful approach by the Irvine family to take a look at the ranch lands that they owned and decide how best to create it so that it was sustainable into the future. And they have in that master plan that it will have a strong and robust economic cornerstone in their business districts, that it will be a city of villages. All the neighborhoods have their own sense of place and their own elementary schools, so education is very important. They have world-class schools here, not just K-12, through but 15 colleges and universities, including University of California, Irvine, top 10 public university in the country, parks and open space, a real sense of environmental stewardship, which I'll talk about right now, because when you have undeveloped land in this country, people don't always understand that and they don't always appreciate it. 60,000 acres, 60,000 acres uh, in the middle of Irvine have been set aside for in perpetuity. It will never be developed. And it's hills and bike trails and hiking trails and natural parks and uh, bird and wildlife reserves. It, it's an amazing experience that we have the downtown business corridor, if you will, with all these huge, uh, beautiful, glistening skyscrapers reaching to the sky. And then on your way down to the Irvine Spectrum, which is our other 
pod, if you will, of development and, and business activity, there's just this open space. And it contributes greatly to the quality of life here. When you look at that Irvine master plan, you realize uh, how amazing visionary they were. They were visionary in that they wanted a balance of quality of life and a balance of economic vitality. So when you ask the question, you know, why do our, why do our companies qualify as being among some of the biggest and best exporters? Why is it a good environment for that to happen? It's because our companies are working in uh, a very compatible environment in which they can grow and prosper and experiment, again, without fear of risk. Yeah, and you bring up a good point. If I was a company that was globally minded, wanted to find an area to, to expand or relocate to, you know, I'd want to see that there are other major international export firms there. And I used to live out there, and I used to see them all the time. So can you tell us a little bit about that, some of the companies and how that separates Irvine from their competitors? Oh, absolutely. And again, that's one of the, that's one of the most amazing stories about Irvine. Some of our companies and our University of California at Irvine are older than the actual city. And again, that was all part of the vision that the Irvine family had. They turned over the land uh, so the University of California, Irvine, could be constructed on it before there was an official city of Irvine. Edwards Life Sciences, the leading global transcatheter heart valve manufacturer, and not to mention the amazing innovation that they undertake all year. I mean, that global company started, they're older than the city of Irvine. And then there's Broadcom and Western Digital and Massimo. And I mean, all these amazing companies in Allergan, Allergan grew up here. Although, you know, through a merger and acquisition, they're, technically their headquarters is in Ireland now. They still have a very big presence here which is where most of their R&D is, is undertaken. But it was an attractive location for these companies because of its epicenter location in Southern California between Los Angeles and San Diego, because of its ability to access easily the Asian markets, because it's between Canada and Mexico, but they also, I think these companies also saw what the Irvine family saw and what the Irvine company still sees, which is that density, that richness of innovation and success, it does attract other success. And so that's why we continue to build on those strong platforms and our life science and technology sectors are Again, very dense. We have 900 technology companies in Irvine alone and over 485 life science companies in Irvine alone. That's before you even get to the greater Orange County in which we are located. That is amazing. And, you know, the thing I really like about our podcast is we don't just have a domestic reach. We truly have a global reach in terms of our listeners. And you guys have quite a relationship with the United Kingdom. So kind of want to dive in. How did the Chamber come to launch the UK Foreign Direct Investment Initiative? And what are your objectives and what have you achieved to date so far? 
Eric, thanks for asking about that. That's that was certainly one of the more audacious initiatives <laughs> that uh, that we launched. Um, I say audacious because usually the, this kind of work is undertaken by very large cities and or mostly states. We just saw. I look out my window, and there are global companies. And we surveyed those global companies, and we looked at all the research available, and we looked at the type of destination that we are for businesses. Eric, we don't have large pads of undeveloped you know, land. We don't have a lot of green fields. In other words, we're not looking for a big, you know, big data call center or distribution center or manufacturing plant. We are very much 21st century sector driven, broad spectrum life science and broad spectrum information technology, hard and soft, and gaming and cyber and AI and VR and everything that's attached to it. So our mission was to identify a country where that strength was already present here. And the UK has a very strong presence already in Irvine, Orange County. And so we chose to leverage that. And with the assistance of these UK companies that are here and happy and prospering and growing, uh, we decided to go to the UK and plant our flag and say, we know that life science is generally attracted to Boston. It seems to be the first stop that most UK companies make. But what we're telling you is that Irvine offers many more benefits than Boston does. We have the density of companies here, but we also have an innovation ecosystem that's second to none. And we have a program that we put in place called Irvine Gateway. And 80, actually it's over 80 now, but over 80 companies are contributing up to two hours of pro bono consulting time on all matters, uh, everything from legal to visas to permitting to research and development, hospitals, networks, taxes, human resources, payroll, regulatory, everything that our foreign-owned companies told us they would have liked to have had assistance with, we have created an Irvine Gateway menu of available resources for our UK companies. And I'm very proud to tell you that it has, we've achieved considerable traction in the UK. Among the life science and technology sectors uh, in the UK, we are well known and well regarded. We have an excellent reputation. And uh, as a consequence, we can claim five UK companies have selected Irvine to expand this year. And that's just the start. Man, that is, that's such a good point because I feel like that's a story that not you and you only can tell, but the companies that are there doing business. So they can speak from, from a position of experience for being there. Yes. And that was a, that's a very big element in our positioning, Eric, is that and I, when I was a consultant, I would tell my chambers and my my economic development organizations, you know, how do your companies feel about you? Because if they're not speaking well of you, uh, it's going to make attracting a new company to your neighborhood very, very difficult. 
So one of the first things we did was make sure that those companies were happy here, and they were. And so we continue to get global company uh, expansion here. And the five that we've added to the mix, as I said, is just the start of the work that we're doing there. I have no question in my mind that this pipeline that we've built will continue to produce, you know, very good fruit well into the future because we're we're nurturing the relationships and and uh, keeping the bridges strong. I think that's the key to any foreign direct investment work is the states or the cities that go over and do one-offs. We don't do a one-off. We go over in February and then we return in July for re-engagement meetings. And then we begin a series of uh, outreach to invite qualified life science companies to our life science showcase. And we bring them here to a wonderful event in October. So we're very disciplined about it. Yeah, you want to expand on the October event coming up? Yeah, we started this in, in um, all of our Irvine Gateway uh, partners are very much part of this, but the big partner is Octane. They are our incubator, more like accelerator, just a premier accelerator in uh, Orange County. They produce a medical technology innovation forum. And this year, it's Thursday, October 29, and Friday, October 30. And Bill Carpu, uh, their CEO, is also one of our delegates when we make the foreign direct investment mission. And we saw early on that this was a good way to encourage qualified, expansion-ready UK companies to explore Irvine and Orange County area. And it's worked brilliantly. Um, Not only do they spend time with about 800 of the best of the best from the life science sector in our area, but they also, we also introduce them to our companies with plant tours like Edwards and Medtronic and Allergan and Massimo and, and so forth, but also all of our incubators, accelerators, labs, hospitals, you know, UCI Medical, uh, Memorial Care Hoke. Children's Hospital, we just put them in direct connection with the people that they need to meet to make decisions. So they're getting the educational benefit, and they're also getting the value of connections. Yeah, and I think that speaks volumes. Our listeners can can see how forward-thinking your uh, city is, and I've always known you to be forward-thinking. And you and I were out at IEDC, and it seemed like every single committee that I sat on, every think tank I sat on, everything revolved around workforce, the importance of workforce, how short uh, our workforce is right now in our economy, and how important it was for cities to develop that. And you guys have actually developed a workforce development committee for 2020. What's the goal for local businesses with that? Yeah, we're, we're approaching it, again, having done our homework, having listened to all the, you know, education as well as business, we've approached it several ways. For example, next week, uh, we're doing our Economic Vitality Council meeting, and the focus is what's called the disruptors. We've done the research, and we know what industries in Irvine are going to be most vulnerable to disruption. In other words, either through robotics or AI or some other uh, technological advancement. And so we're interested in looking at those and finding ways to manage and mitigate 
The second thing that we're doing is we're working with our companies to develop an HR recruitment toolkit. Now, I think most chambers and EDOs think that, you know, companies have figured out how to recruit, but I think they know how to recruit to their companies, but they don't always know how to recruit to the area. And we discovered that, and so what we're developing is a, uh, a price point package, if you will. We're letting them know that not everyone has to live in Irvine. Irvine is a relatively expensive place to live, but there are communities all around us, you know, within a 45-minute commute that have much more affordable price points. So we're actually mapping that out for them, and we're working with Zillow to achieve that. And so we're going to have a, a recruitment package for them so that uh, when they reach out to the people in other parts of the country, uh, they won't get stopped at the issue of affordability. We're also uh, comparing us, uh, again, to the Bay Area. When people think about California, they tend to think Bay Area, which is at least 40 to 50% more expensive than we are cost of doing business and cost of living. So we want to set that record straight, and that will be part of the, of the workforce development to the, the talent attraction toolkit that we're putting together as well. So those are some of the big ones that we're working on, but on an ongoing basis, we also heard from our companies years ago that the soft skills were lacking. I, I sort of find that ironic terminology because we're talking about communications, critical thinking, and problem solving, as well as business etiquette and workforce behaviors and so forth. We tackled that with a program called Career Edge, uh, and that has become an award-winning program. And Career Edge brings in highly regarded college instructors on those issues. And believe it or not, uh, we get about 50 young people from community and from community college and from our other colleges that will spend an entire Saturday morning with us. And then we certify them soft skills ready at the conclusion of it. But it's a series of three programs and uh, it's really taken off so much so that UCI is now going to employ it for their engineering. They will expect their engineering students to take our class. So we've added another class for them. Okay. Well, you know, in our economy, you can't always – we could be in a booming economy today and a, a, a bad economy tomorrow, so there's always unpredictable shifts in our economy. And some cities, I've, I've learned, you know, they really don't think ahead. and They don't prepare and help their companies prepare uh, for those economic shifts, especially when they're unpredictable. How does your city prepare for those unpredictable economic shifts while meeting the current economic demands? Well, as you know from some of our rankings and the awards that we received recently, we have one of the most fiscally responsible cities in the country. And certainly part of that is because of that balance of quality of life, that balance of economic vitality. So yes, it's a very robust economy. And we look at it from the perspective of being fiscally responsible so that at no time does the city ever dig itself into a hole. From the perspective of the chamber, we're always looking at it. In fact, in July, the topic of our Economic Vitality Council was how do you lead, manage, and prepare for an economy that does not exist yet? 
and we talked that through, and that's what led us to the disruptors, for example. So it leads us into places where we can try to anticipate where these shifts or where these opportunities or challenges may arise. I think that's probably the best you can do, but to not be looking forward, to not be anticipating that at some time or another you're going to be faced with a challenge is probably not wise. And so we wanted to take a very proactive approach. Yeah. And so, Linda, as we wrap up here, I'm a company. I'm considering expansion or relocation, and I'm very globally minded. What's the one message you'd like those listeners to take away from this? As you've won one of our awards, what would you like them to know about Greater Irvine? I want them to know that Irvine is exactly everything we say it is. It does not disappoint that bring your global company here, expand it here, you will find the support, the dynamics, the infrastructure to succeed. Perfect. So if I'm one of those companies, how do I get connected with you guys? Uh, You can call me at 949-422-7723 or send me an email, ldemario at irvinechamber.com. We also have a website that is just loaded with good stuff. Uh, That's uh, irvinechambereconomicdevelopment.com. Awesome. Well, Linda, thank you so much for taking time out of your valuable day to share with us your expertise on the export assistance your city offers and sharing with us what makes Irvine one of America's best global cities. Uh, You've been a great partner of ours, and we've always appreciated working with you and your team. And if we're lucky... We'll get to have you join us again for another episode in the future. I truly want to thank you for your time and expertise. Eric, I thank you for this opportunity. I really appreciate it. Awesome. I'm Eric Kleinsword signing off and saying goodbye till we meet again on another episode of Going Global with America's Best Cities. You've been listening to the Logistically Speaking GT podcast. We want to thank all of our astute readers of Global Trade Magazine and thank all of our great advertisers that help make this possible. Remember, you can subscribe and find all our GT podcasts at www.globaltrademag.com. We hope you'll return next time for another great episode of Logistically Speaking. And don't forget, globaltrademag.com's daily news and information is ranked number one by Google. Number one by Google.